1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, with the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Well, many of us have seen movies that involve hitmen or deadly assassins. Most of us know that hitmen and assassins are not only dangerous murderers— But they can attack you without warning any time, any place and anywhere. When we see that red dot appear on the victim's head, we know that a bullet is sure to follow. They show no mercy or compassion regarding their goals and their objectives. They carry out their mission with deadly accuracy and extreme prejudice. They leave behind a wake of death and destruction. But have you ever thought about Satan as a hitman or an assassin? Could there possibly be a spiritual red dot looming on your forehead? Are you caught in his demonic crosshairs? Are you unaware that you might be his next target? Tonight, Dr. Buckner brings us part four in our new series entitled The Ten Characteristics of Satan. As it relates to a hitman or an assassin. So stay tuned for this and much, much more, for we
2: are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. And we trust that you're going to be blessed tonight by the program. So we want to encourage you to uh, get your Bibles and uh, also to join us tonight on this important program. And as Brother Gary has said, we've been doing this series on the hitman. And we've been talking about 10 characteristics of a hitman or an assassin as it relates to Satan. And let me say uh, some more things about this as far as introduction You know, it's um, a very uh, scary thing uh, and a frightening thing uh, to be dealing with a hitman in our world today because we never know when he's going to hit. He can hit you at any time, surprisingly. And the thing that's interesting about a hitman in the world is that he's visible. Uh, He can be seen and eventually he can be caught. He can be seen, and he can be caught. Well, when you talk about Satan as a hitman, as an assassin, uh, he's not uh, visible. He's invisible, and he can't be caught and arrested uh, like a hitman. Uh, And a hitman can be executed, but not Satan until Jesus returns, and he will execute him. But uh, Satan, as a hitman, as an assassin, is much more dangerous and scary. And this is why Jesus said in John 10 and 10, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Which one do you want to choose? You want to choose life Or do you want to choose to be hit by a hitman who is known as Satan? And Jesus called him in John 8 and 44. He's calling him actually a hitman in a sense when he said he's a murderer. He calls Satan a murderer. That's what a hitman is. A hitman is a murderer. He doesn't like you. He doesn't care about you, whether you claim to be a Christian or not. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy you. And we see this happening everywhere in our world today. People are being killed, destroyed by the enemy. Now, let me say this about a visible war. A visible war can be fought. And it's a visible war that can be seen. But an invisible war cannot be seen with the natural eye. It has to be seen with the spiritual eye. And so no military, no matter how advanced it is, it cannot stand against Satan in the invisible realm. No matter how powerful the FBI is, it cannot stand against Satan in the invisible realm. No matter how powerful the CIA is, it cannot stand against Satan in the invisible realm. No matter how powerful the police force is, it cannot stand against Satan in the invisible realm. And it's interesting, isn't it, that Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about the armor of God, which is invisible. Now, I want you to notice that. The armor of God is invisible. Why? Why? Because God wants you to put on something that's invisible to fight against something that's invisible. You cannot fight against Satan with physical weapons. That's why Paul says our weapons are not physical. You know, it's spiritual, pulling down of the strongholds. If you do not have this invisible armor on, you will become a doomed casualty. Now, the Bible talks about, in Ephesians 6, stand. It says it many different times in Ephesians chapter 6. Stand, 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 about four times. Now, how are we going to be able to stand against something that's in the invisible realm? By putting on the full armor of God. You can't put on part of it. You've got to put on the full armor of God. When I look around me today and I see... How many homes are destroyed? How many churches are destroyed? How many people are destroyed in our world? It's because people are ignorant when it comes to the devices of Satan. So it's very important for you to stand with an invisible armor on against an invisible foe. Now, we've talked about six things that relates to This hitman who was known as Satan, and we compared it to the physical hitman in our world. I want to pick up with number seven. A hitman doesn't hesitate in the area of his deadly risk taking. Now, today we hesitate as Christians, even when it comes to witnessing, we hesitate. We hesitate when it comes to risk taking. We hesitate when it comes to life and death. We hesitate when it comes to uh, practically everything in life. But Satan doesn't hesitate. He goes after us to steal, kill, and destroy just like a hitman. He has one aim in mind, and Jesus lays it out in John 10 and verse 10, to steal, kill and destroy. Now, he cannot he cannot take from the Christian his salvation, but he can steal your joy and your peace. And that's why so many Christians today are miserable. Do you not know? Now, I want you to make a note of this. Do you not know that when you look at Ephesians chapter 4, most of the time when we read Ephesians chapter 4, we read the passage, the verse that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. But you need to look at the whole context, because in the whole context, it says, verses before that, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, The reason why so many Christians are miserable, because they're not rejoicing. Only the Holy Spirit can bring that joy. That's why in Galatians 5 and 22, one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be rejoicing. Therefore, the enemy is going to take away your joy, take away your peace, and you have to be guarded against those things that the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace of mind. He wants to steal your fellowship with God, being close with God in the Bible, in the Word of God, in your prayer life, in your study life, in your witnessing life. He can steal all of that away from you, steal away from you going to church, steal away from you giving and there are so many Christians who are neutralized by the devil. You know, the next best thing to a damned soul is a Christian who has been so neutralized and sterilized by the enemy that they're incapable of reproducing anything spiritually. Because the next best thing to a damned soul is a neutralized and sterilized Christian where Satan has you in his grip so he doesn't hesitate. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't even hesitate regarding his own fate when it comes to death. He doesn't hes- hesitate regarding one day being thrown into the lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet, and he is the dragon. He doesn't hesitate. Satan takes risks all the time. He takes the risk to steal, kill, and destroy you. And if you don't take the risk. To have faith in God and to trust God and to have that abundance of life, the enemy will get you. Satan, as the supreme hitman, as an assassin, like an assassin, has no problems with uh, treacherous trickery at times to destroy people's lives. Satan, like a hitman, an assassin, is out to kill you, destroy you. But I want to say this to you tonight give you a word of encouragement. Remember 1 John 4 and 4. Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is a power inside you. If you activate it, you will have a power inside you that's greater than Satan and everything else in this world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Jesus said, you are not just a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror. That's good news. That's good news that Jesus has made you more than a conqueror, but you must put on that full armor, you must be accountable to other Christians, you must be in the Word and have the Word of God in you. You must be faithful to the fellowship of God's church so that you can be accountable so that people can help to keep you in their prayer, on their prayer list, to keep you accountable when it comes to your relationship with God. And so my challenge to you tonight is this. Don't play around with this hit, man. That's why we see around us to wor- in the world today, around us everywhere, Satan is hitting people with terrorism, with schools and universities. He's hitting people With violence everywhere, gangs, activity, Satan is in the world, and you cannot fight against him by yourself. You can only fight against him in the power of Jesus' name. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's
1: time for us to take that commercial
2: break. We'll be right back with more of Contending
1: for the Faith welcome back to contending for the faith with your host bay area pastor lecturer counselor and expert on the calls dr jerry l buckner we just want to begin uh, by thanking everyone who's been praying for contending for the faith without your effectual fervent prayers we know we could never be on the air as long as we've been on the air uh we just can't thank you enough this is a prayer driven ministry and we know that your prayers are touching heaven lord with For the Lord, and we just thank you so much that uh, you keep those prayers coming up, you keep those prayers going our way, and that helps maintain this ministry and keep it on the air. We also want to thank those who partnered with us financially over the last week, um, Valerie and Andy and Donald, Camilla and Bomani, and C. R. Charles. Uh, you know it's it's your generous contributions that, again help us remain on the air. We are listener supported and without your support financially we also would not be on the air. So we need that that two-pronged approach with the prayers and the financial support, the financial giving, your generosity to continue to be consistent and to help keep us on the air. It does cost 400 a week and you know, we need your help every week to keep doing what God has called us to do. Summer months are very difficult. Uh, They're difficult times for most radio programs in general. People seem to take a vacation, and then they take a vacation from their giving as well. Uh, So don't let that happen to us. Uh, We don't want you to take that vacation and uh, forget about all the ministries that you support, not only ours. Uh, It's just so important that we all remain consistent in our prayers and consistent in our giving Particularly throughout the summer months, uh, there are two ways that you can donate. Uh, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. Tiburon is spelled T I B U R O N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online, get on your computer, your laptop, your smartphone, and go to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Um, we also want to let you know that we will uh, be out of the studio for the next two weeks so that Dr. Buckner can celebrate his birthday and his his and Nancy's 47th wedding anniversary. So We'll be airing the best of contending for the faith. So remember, even though we're out of the studio for two weeks, we still have to pay for the airtime. So, <laughs> amen to that. Yes. Yeah, so keep listening, keep praying, and continue to give to contending for the faith. And we just congratulate Dr. Buckner and Nancy on 47 wonderful years of marital bliss, not marital blisters. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to say it. Yeah. You gotta you gotta rub each other the right way. <laughs> Amen to that, my brother. <laughs> my wife and I, we just celebrated thirty eight years last Wednesday. So. Congratulations on that. Yeah, so you know it was big numbers. We need to write a book together on how to stay married. You know uh, <laughs> I, you know it's, it's look, it look I tell you. I tell young guys all the time who just got married, you can either be right or you can be happy. (laughs) 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 Happy wife, happy life. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So true. You know, but uh, we just want to encourage Dr. Buckner, send him a birthday card as well. You know, he's he's. Getting up in years, and I think he'll be 29 this year, and uh, approaching I'm, 30. I'm, I'm going backwards really, <laughs> so I have, you, I have what you call low mileage. So right, that's right. <laughs> you, you can have an. It's okay to have an old car, but just as long as it's got low miles. There eh? you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, we we got to. Be careful of the mileage. Amen. Amen. And so encourage Dr. Buckner seriously. Send him a card. Send him a birthday card and let him let him know how much you appreciate all the work that he does to keep going every week and bringing the word every week. And that's so important. Uh, one of the most important things um, if you're in ministry is to always stay encouraged because there's so much... That the enemy's trying to throw at us to, to discourage us, and it's a it's a blessing when you have people in your life that call you and encourage you and bless you and keep praying for you and keep supporting you, and it just helps tremendously to keep going, doing what God has called you to do. It's so harsh hard when you have a congregation of people that <laughs> you don't want to end up waking up one morning and saying you know this job would be easy if it weren't for the people right <laughs> <laughs> So true. yes well we better get to these callers the lines lit up like christmas time so we're going to
2: go to joe um in san bruno how you doing joe
3: hi thank you for taking my call
2: well thank you for calling in is this your first time Yes, it's my
3: first time calling
2: in. Well, thank you so much for calling in to Contending for the Faith, and how can we help you tonight? My question is, I talk to a lot of Christians, and
3: um, they believe, a lot of them believe that we have, like, uh, other life besides us out there, and it says in the Bible that we're made in the image of God. So if God made someone who's more intelligent than us, would that mean that Jesus would have to go to where they're at and
2: die for them as well? Uh, well, that would be tr- <laughs> <laughs> true you know the yeah. thing is is and, and I yeah. think your point is well made that you know God made this world, and He put us in this world and it says in the first Corinthians uh, fifteen uh, that the first man uh, was uh, adam, so and then it talks about in uh, I would say in Acts chapter uh, ten that we all came. Uh, from one man, meaning Adam. So the Bible doesn't teach uh, in uh, people from other worlds and stuff like that, because if that's the case, then uh, Jesus uh, would uh, have to uh, go to those places and minister to them and uh, let him, let them know that he died for them too. But he died on this planet because mm-hmm. this is where, uh, you know, he put mankind in. At and that's where we are at, and that's where God established it, and that's the end of the story. So there is no evidence of life beyond this life here, and so I think that any body that would try to argue that is a uh, argument from silence, and mm-hmm. it's, it's bad to try to base the biblical basis upon an argument from silence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
3: as well because uh, I, I mean as far as you can see in the universe there's no signs of life and if you really look you didn't really start having people believe in aliens until we started to have like modern aviation and things in the skies you didn't see about it too much like in like you know fourth century or something you didn't hear about because there wasn't really as, you know airplanes and stuff so I think that's one of the reasons why people are saying it as well
2: yeah and I think that what's happening too uh, in the heavenlies you know Uh, Satan is the prince of the power of the air, so he can uh, dupe the minds of people and make them think that there is something uh, up there other than uh, here to confuse people and to get them to even worship. Some people worship aliens and stuff like that, and there's been spiritists and occultists who have uh, said that they've communicated with uh, aliens uh, through telepathy – and uh, their uh, information that they get when they come back after communicating with them, they say, allegedly they say, they ask them questions about the um, resurrection. They say, we don't believe in the resurrection. We believe in reincarnation. We don't believe in the essentials of the historic Christian faith. So when you look at Ephesians 6 and 12, it talks about that, We uh, are in a warfare in the heavenlies. I mean, in the Greek, it's the heavenly places. So the devil is up in the air, and he can create a lot of things to make people think that there's something going on. But it's the mastery uh, illusion of Satan. He's a masterful in that area of illusion. So we need to just keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and what he's done for us here. And he's established salvation here on this earth. And uh, that's what we need to keep our focus on. But the devil is always in the business of distraction. He's always been doing it in the Garden of Eden and is still doing it today. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, thank you. Thank well, you. thank I you for your you good serious. question,
2: my friend. And God bless you, and keep us in your prayers, and call us back again with another good question.
3: So, sure, no problem. God bless you in your ministry as well.
2: Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank
3: you.
2: Yeah. Yes. That, that is an
1: argument argument from silence I mean there's that's all speculation it's 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 science fiction <laughs> yeah I always use the term it's speculation not revelation that's right that's right <laughs> I mean you're offered to la la land because you you know to, you can't even apply that same logic to uh, aliens and all that stuff from from scripture it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense you know it, it, Jesus Came because we failed. Does that mean they failed too? I mean, all of these (laughs) things begin to pop up if you start going down that road. Uh, It's all speculation. There's nothing that can be substantiated. That is so true. Yeah. All right. So we have Deborah next. Deborah is next. Deborah, how
2: you doing, Deborah?
1: Oh,
4: I'm fine. Can
2: you hear me? (laughs) We can hear you loud and clear. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's on your heart tonight?
4: Well, Rex thought that I should talk to you because it says in 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 uh, Luke some uh I forgot which reference that was and brother just gave me, you know. But it's in in Luke um
2: Luke chapter twelve and I believe it's verses
4: forty forty seven and forty eight. 12, forty seven I think. Yes. Um and so uh what I wanted to say was it says they shall be beaten with many stripes, those who knew the truth and didn't live by it. And those that didn't know the truth and didn't have a preached to them, shall will be beaten with a uh, few stripes. So I, turned over. I was concerned about that, Brother this.
2: Well, that's a good concern. And I know that uh, there's been a lot of Christians who have put this context in the context of believers and non-believers. but. Uh, really, when you look at the full context, you know, Ori Tori, the great prince among preachers said, a text taken out of its context becomes a pretext for error. Yeah. And a lot of times we, uh, you know, create error because we're not looking at the full context. Well, when you look at the full context of uh, Luke chapter 12 and you go up to verse 46, it says, the Lord that of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers." And then, so this is in the context by which Jesus is talking about unbelievers. And then he says, "...and that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes." For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required, and to whom men have committed much to him they will ask the more. So when you when you look at this in the context, Deborah, this is talking about uh, the context of unbelievers. Uh, and then you look at verse 49, it says, And I am come to send fire on the earth, and, and what will I do? If it be already kindled, so in heaven there's not going to be any beating. Uh, there will be what is known in First Corinthians chapter three, the loss of rewards. You know, the giving of rewards and the loss of rewards. It talks about Paul talks about in heaven that uh, the believers who are not faithful to God and uh, doing what His He calls them to do uh, in terms of the commission and the uh, commandments of uh, the Lord, and uh, that, uh, especially with their spiritual gifts, uh, the Apostle Paul says they will suffer loss. Well, the context of being beaten, the ones who know uh, the Lord, the new, knew what to do and they didn't do it, they will be beaten with many stripes, and those who don't know will be beaten with few. So this, you think about this in the context of somebody Uh, like, um, you know, even Adolf Hitler, you know, killing over six million Jews, you know, he will be beaten with many stripes in hell. And those who haven't committed such a great crime as he's done will be beaten with fewer. So you think about the evilest people in the world, uh, Hitler, Mussolini. You think about Jim Jones, and you think about people like that. And even people who have done tremendous evil in this world, you know, killing people left and right, they will be beaten with many stripes when they stand before God, but those who have not done such heinous things will be beaten with fewer. Nobody's going to get off the hook when it comes to uh, this thing. So what I'm saying in a nutshell is this, that there are degrees of rewards in heaven, but there's also degrees of punishment in hell. And this, in the context of this here, is talking about degrees of punishment in hell. Because it's in the context of unbelievers. But a lot of people have taken this and applied it in the light of believers. And the the context doesn't warrant that. So hopefully, that's helped you out. Deborah? Deborah? Hey.
4: Because they're not
2: servants of God if they're not believers. Right, right. So, But hopefully what I've said to you has helped you out and helped you to give you a greater understanding of the context. Uh,
4: Yeah, but why did they call them servants? Because they're not all servants
2: of God. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of people who are... Uh, into the, 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 the serving uh, of God, but they don't, they don't uh, do what he's telling them to do. Uh, like, for instance, in Matthew chapter 7, you know, a lot of people, uh, this is in the context of Jesus speaking of people who are religious, you know, and he says that uh, he that does not do the will of God, they will call me Lord, Lord. And didn't I not call you Lord, Lord and cast out demons and did all this thing? They were in the service but they weren't doing the will of God. So it's not the issue, it's not the being a servant. is the the servant doing the will of God. So a lot of people call themselves servant, but they're not doing the will of God. And that's why Jesus had to cut short a lot of people who call themselves disciples because a lot of them had to leave Jesus and never come back again because he really got tight on the people regarding discipleship. Let's get your prayer request real quick because we got about less than a minute uh, before we get to the next call. Do you have any prayer requests? The Lord will help me with, with my condition. Did you hear that, Gary? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's slip let's that up in prayer. <clears throat> so, Lord,
1: we just thank you for Sister Deborah. We pray, Lord God, that you help her with her condition, Lord. You know her trials. You know her tribulation. But, Lord God, you are the great physician. And you've never lost a case. So we ask, Lord God, that you would just help her. Your word says that our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So, Lord God, whatever that need is, supply, Lord God, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, a financial need, Lord God, your word says that you will supply all of our needs, supply her needs even now, Lord God, and we'll be careful to
2: thank you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deborah, for your call, and God bless you.
4: God bless you. Thank you for your prayers.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. Take care and
1: stay strong all right all right we hear the music so it's time to take that break we'll be right back with more of contending for the faith welcome back to contending for the faith with your host bay area pastor lecturer counselor and expert on the cults dr jerry l buckner uh once again we want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith uh your effectual fervent prayers have been such a blessing to us and we can't thank you enough for being so diligent in this area because we know it's kept us on the air all these many, many, many years. And uh, we just thank you. We also thank those who have been consistent in their giving. And we want to encourage you all that it's it's time to step up to the plate and hit a home run for contending for the faith. If you've been a long-time listener or a short-time listener, if you've been blessed by what's, what you hear, then consider partnering with us financially to keep this ministry on the air. It's vitally important. And as we mentioned earlier, the summer months are rolling around, and people are taking vacations, and we just want to encourage you, do not take a vacation from your giving. So many ministries, just like this one, suffer throughout the summer months because people just forget about them. They get busy. They're going to Disneyland and Universal Studios or Grandma's House or wherever, and uh, they forget about uh, their giving and their their uh, commitments. And so we just want to encourage you. Pray. Continue to Pray and continue to give. It's it's so vitally important. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and, and we can't do it without you. There's two ways that you can donate. First way is send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for oh, those of oh, me, Before I forget, right. um, next, we'll be out of the studio for the next two weeks, so we just want to uh, remind you that it won't be a live. Uh, broadcast, but it will be the best of contending for the faith because Dr. Buckner is going to be celebrating his birthday and their anniversary, 47th wedding anniversary. So we want to say congratulations again for that that feat. You know, those are big numbers and we really appreciate uh That example, because there's so many marriages that never even get close to that number, and it's a shame. But uh, maybe one day Dr. Buckner will do a program on how to stay married for 47 years. Sounds like a good plan. You know? And um, so we'll be airing the best of contending for the faith. And again, I want to encourage you, send Dr. Buckner a birthday card. Um, you know, he's going to be turning 29, and it's a big number. <laughs> and, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, he's celebrated well. And I, I think he'd appreciate hearing from you, and uh, it would be it's such an encouragement uh, for him to receive a birthday card. So go ahead and send him one. Don't send him a cake because, you know, the the, the candles would be too too great. So we'll leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And
2: and, and and people out there now, they're trying to figure it out mathematically. How is he 29 and then he's been married 47 years?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got a point there. <laughs> it's new math. <laughs> You had to, when you
2: guys figure that one out, you can give us a call. Right? I, I, always, I always say that God is a God of not only multiplication, uh-huh. but He's also a God of subtraction.
1: Right? So. <laughs> he giveth and taketh take it 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 away. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he addeth and subtracteth. All right. We better, we better go to the next caller. <laughs> Brother Cece, are you on the line? We've got to stop this comedy. Yep. Yes. Brother Cece, how you yeah.
2: doing?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, just, you know, just hanging in there. It's been rough, ain't gonna
2: lie to you a lot of these. All right. Well, you know what? You have a God that's bigger than everything that you go through this rough. And, you know, stand on His promises. And, you know, when you get to the point where you, you know, come to so your wit in, uh, remember Philippians 4 and 13. You know what that is?
3: I can do all things through Christ who
2: strengthens me. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Always Thank remember you. that. We have... As we go down the the stairs of our home, we have that uh, scripture uh, up on the wall, you know, so it encourage everybody in our home. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And sometimes when you get weary, you know, the Bible talks about mm-hmm. don't be weary in all, in all doing because in due season you will reap if you faint not. So, you know, you have to stay strong, keep the faith, and trust God because mm-hmm. he'll get you through and know that he— can, will carry the burdens for you. That's why he talks about that in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. Come unto me all your labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So that's, that's right. So look to the one that will give you the rest in the midst of what you're going and, through.
1: And, and, you know, Brother Cece, I don't know if you have somebody in your life that uh, is a good friend that you have fellowship with. You know, it's important to be around people that will encourage you. You know, sometimes— uh, it's, you know, I know that I can call Dr. Buckner if, if I'm going through something and he can call me and we can pray for one another. There should be somebody in your life that you can pick up the phone and say, hey, you know what? I'm going through something. Uh, look, can you pray with me? Or or let's just go have, have lunch or just let's break. Let's open a word together. Uh, you know, it's just important to be around people and not isolate is what I'm trying to get at. And so I don't know if you have that kind of um, mechanism in your life where you have that support. It's, and if you don't, you know, you need to get people in your life that, that love the Lord, that will tell you the truth about yourself and also encourage you and and give you that uh, encouragement when you need it, because it's just so important. I'm always amazed some days when I have those hard days and I step out and I go out and I'm I'm around other brothers and sisters and. Uh, Sometimes they're going through stuff that's so much worse that I forget about my stuff, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I get get to uh, encourage them and we encourage one another. And it's just it's such an important thing. God doesn't want us to go through life alone, you know, so don't isolate, you know, be around people, you know, cultivate those deep friendships with people that, you know, you can just call and say, you know what, I,
2: I just need you to pray for me. And it just makes all the difference. Oh, yeah, and the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 10, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and the Bible never talks about, uh, uses the word uh, saint, singular, it's always saints plural, so you need to be accountable with the fellowship, and it helps to, you know, keep you strong, but what's on your heart tonight in terms of uh, your question, we want to try to squeeze Brother Rick in before the program ends tonight, Uh, he's been holding on a long time like yourself, so what's on your heart tonight?
3: Okay, first of all I want to say thank you guys both for you you guys encouraging words. I appreciate it. Um I'm in Romans eight I mean Romans um eight verse
2: twenty nine. Mhm. Okay. And why don't you uh why don't you uh read that?
3: It said for him, for whom did for, for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to become to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and I wanted to ask you in that in that in that in that in that um verse this word predestinate if you can i know i know you can't do a lot of it you know what I'm saying if you can just give me like a sound bite you know I know there's a lot of controversy around this verse and this uh this particular uh, preposition
2: yes well you know it's um, it is a lot of controversy uh because a lot of people are really ignorant when it comes to the uh, exegeting the Word of God, they eiseget it. So when we talk about predestination, uh, it depends on what camp you're from. If you're from the Calvinistic camp, you're going to say that uh, there are some uh, predestined for heaven at birth, and then there were others predestined for hell at birth. And, and predestination doesn't mean that. You know, not at all, because the Bible teaches that God desires that none should perish, but all come to repentance. And the Calvinists also say from John 3 and 16, God so loved the world, they say that God doesn't love the, 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 the sinner. They only, he only loves the elect. And that's a damnable teaching. So when it talks about predestination, it's simply just talking about—it it talks about God's foreknowledge— and God, that he knew from the past, he knows from the present, he knows from the future, that, all, that those who will be, uh, choose to serve God will be elected in Christ. In other words, you have to be willing to choose Christ in order for him to choose you. And that's why Jesus, when he got way up on the Mount of Jerusalem, he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonet the Prophet and them that come after thee. Oh, how I would have gathered you as a hen gathered her chicks, but you would not. You have to have a will to come to God, and then there is a way. So predestination has to do with God foreknowing, God uh, in his omniscient knowing, those who would choose to respond to him before the foundation of the world, and that they, when they choose to respond to him, they would be elected in Christ because he is the elected one. There's a whole lot more to this, but that's kind of like a Reader's Digest condensation of the word predestination from a biblical perspective. It is God choosing us in Christ when we respond to him, and then we become elected, and then because of the elected one. But God gives everybody an opportunity, and no one is fatalistically determined. Uh, Calvinism teaches... A fatalism and that's not a uh, biblical so hopefully that helps you out
3: uh, yes yeah, thank you Thanks a lot
2: yes you're welcome and what we're gonna do is uh, hold off on your prayer requests and we'll get that uh, next time when we come back so we can have some time to squeeze brother Rick in right. alright righty. Uh, thank you so much for your call and your in your um, question as well let's try to squeeze uh, Rick in real quick brother Rick are you there Yes, I am. All righty. Let's uh, use our time wisely. Good to hear from you, and we miss you. And what's on your heart quickly? All right. What's you your know question?
3: That, uh, that happened this week was uh, Franklin, Graham, Franklin Graham coming to Berkeley. Yes.
2: To share the mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, we, have, we have our share of stoppers and, uh, and mockers, everybody from the uh, usual what we call now snowflakes mm-hmm. to uh Amy Ground, mm-hmm. I want to get I
3: want to get some of your views on it, and also how do we respond to such people?
2: Well, well that's a yeah, that's a very good question. Well, Franklin Graham is the son of Billy Graham; he favors him a whole lot, and he uh, did a uh, a ministry in Berkeley. They didn't want him there, and uh, because they didn't want him there, the Holy Spirit. Uh, convicted him to go there. And as a result of going there, uh, we can see the world coming together to, in terms of opposition to him, uh, because especially in Berkeley, you're going to have that all over the place. Uh, but uh, when you have a minister, uh, Amos Brown, the pastor of Third Baptist Church, uh, go out there with the protesters and also uh protest against uh, Franklin Graham, it's a shame. I think it's just uh, he's misinterpreting uh, Franklin Graham, and he's going to misinterpret him because he's uh, influenced by black liberation theology and liberalism. Because when we talk about black liberation theology and liberalism, it fits him to the T. And the thing that gives birth to black liberation movement is that these all kind of sound alike. When the bibliology is destroyed, which is not believing in the Bible, then the theology is destroyed, the belief in God, then Christology, which is dealing with the person, nature, and work of Christ, and then that's destroyed, and then pneumatology, which is the Holy Spirit, and then you get into immorality. Bemis Brown stood out there and said, uh, I don't uh, believe in Franklin Graham's message because of the fact that he is— uh, uh, teaches uh, against uh, abortion. Uh, he also uh, is against gay marriages. Now, you would think that a minister uh, would uh, be standing uh, in support of Franklin Ground because of those issues, but the Bible tells us, Paul says, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers who will tickle their ears, and the truth of God shall be made in mythology. I think the way to respond, and because Amos Brown also has a problem with certain books of the Bible, says Philemon is literally uh, a racist book, and Obama also said the Bible is, uh, you know, teach racism, teaches uh, slavery, and that's not what it does. It teaches... uh, indenture slavery, but not slavery, because the Bible puts slave masters in the category of uh, people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the way to respond is simply to have Christians to uh, get out there and witness and stand firm for the truth of of God, and to lift Jesus up, because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw a man to me. And we have to continue to just stand firm for the truth, because Jesus said the truth will make people free. Some people it will will not, but others it will do. So we don't compromise, confuse, or contradict. We just stand firm for the truth, because the truth will make people free. We should have more time on this, but maybe we'll pick it up next time. Thank you, Rick, for your call. We hear that music. And Brother Gary, knock a home run in the name of Jesus. All right.
1: Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer. Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, encouragement to us, and send Dr. Buckner a birthday card or an anniversary card, and and just be a blessing to him. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Uh, So please keep us on your prayers until uh, next time. Remember, next two weeks, we won't be in the studio, but we will be airing the best of Contending for the Faith. So until we meet again, we just want to say, may God richly bless you, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless. This is Gary Bell, signing off.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's